Hello and welcome to the Sports Grade Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. And joining me, as per usual, is the slick Reuben Williams. How are you, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm feeling fantastic. Thank you. A little bit lighter today. I got the feathers cut, so thank you for noticing, but otherwise doing well. <laughs> I need my feathers cut, I reckon. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm due. You are due. They're going in every direction. Yeah. I had the idea of having a bit of like a bit of longer on top and it... It's a bit nicer on the side, but it started uh, overgrowing the ears, so I need to uh, get that cleaned up. You should, we should test that. We should run a poll for the uh, Instagram audience. What should Ryan do with his hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll look forward to that later today. <laughs> uh, let's get cracking because it's, it's an awesome episode today. Um, a man that I feel like I've seen on TV many, many a times through the years watching AFL. So let's get cracking in. I'm Ryan Walker. He is Reuben Williams. We are two mates who met at Cricket Australia, and now we help people find their own dream job through this very podcast and our online community. If you want to follow us, head over to LinkedIn or even better, if you want to connect with us and hundreds of others working in sport, jump into the Sports Trade community. Now, Ryan, last week we ran into one of our members from the Sports Grade community. I was over at Tennis HQ in Melbourne where Tennis Australia have their offices. Yep. And uh, a guy came over to me whilst I'm sitting down with uh, Ross LaRosa, one of the operations managers there, just having a chat. Shout out to Ross. Shout out to Ross. And uh, this guy comes over and says, G'day, Ruben. Uh, been a member of Sports Grade since the start of the year. Absolutely loving it. Thanks for what you're doing. And I was like, What's your name? He goes, oh, I'm Chris, Chris Burgess. Chris Burgess has just started at Tennis Australia as of a month ago. He got a job at the AFL at the start of the year. A month before he got the job at the AFL, he became a sports grade member. So yeah. since joining in January, Chris has gone bang, dream job at the AFL, bang again, new dream job at Tennis yeah. Australia and is uh, hanging around in Melbourne. So the boy from Ballina has just landed on his feet uh, in the sporting capital of the world. So well done to you, Chris. But if you are like Chris and you want to get your foot in the door of the sports industry or if you like Tennis Australia and you want to hire some really good high-quality people, then jump into the SportsGrad community. Head to www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash community to join. The boy from Ballina. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Chris, absolute superstar, dominating uh, mm. over at uh, Tennis HQ. Uh, now, Rubes, quick word from our good friends at Deakin. Uh, they wanted to let us know there's a, there's a golden decade of sport coming up, and I'm sure you're aware of that because your favourite team is the Socceroos and you mm -hmm. love the Matildas as well, so yep. you'd be very, very familiar that the FIFA World Cup is on its way. But there are many other tournaments coming to Australia, like the FIBA Women's Basketball World Cup, the Netball World Cup, ICC T20 World Cup, the Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games, the Paralympic Games, Rugby World Cup as well, and that is all, all in the next decade. So there's going to be a huge amount of growth for the sports industry, which is going to unlock thousands and thousands of jobs in Australia. So it's a huge time to get involved in sport. So if you are studying sport at Deakin, you are going to get those opportunities to be part of the golden decade. So check out Deakin's website today to get involved. We cannot recommend it enough. And Dom also went to Deakin as well, who's coming up right now. So great reason to get involved with Deakin. Absolutely. Dom Tyson, another Deakin alumni, which is fantastic to hear. Uh, for those who don't know Dom, Dom was a professional footballer from 2013 to 2021. He played for the Melbourne Demons and the North Melbourne Football Club. He is also the founder of Clutch & Co Golfing Apparel. 
And so Dom, the former professional athlete, come at, came up with this idea for a golfing slash lifestyle label for keen golfers after watching Adam Scott win the Masters in 2013. At the time, Ryan, he felt that there needed to be something available that was tasteful, versatile, and most importantly, affordable, mm. so that him and his mates could get out on the course and, and have a hit looking good, which is the most important thing when you're playing golf. So something that would look good on the course in the clubhouse that you could swing and feel good in, and Dom has created exactly that. So we got him in today to chat all about how do you create a sports apparel business, and I love the detail he go, goes into. One thing to look forward to for those who are interested in e-commerce and starting a business is just the amount of detail that Dom shares with us mm. from the early stages. You know, what are the first things you got to do? What's the process to get your product out there? How do you design a product? All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Dom just gives us um, all the the dirt on what, what's involved at a grassroots level of that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I loved how he spoke about how he's growing his brand through some different marketing techniques um, and he'll, he'll share a little bit more about that. But if you have followed the, the Clutch & Co channels the last few days at least, you would see some different, uh, well, influencer type methods to, uh, to get the brand across. But um, it's cool just listening to, like, listening to him talk about the different mm. ways he's marketing his product and it's not always a one-size-fit-all. You've got to try a few different things. So it's great hearing him talk about that. Not to mention billboards and magazine placements. Yeah. And speaking of magazine placements, one other thing to look forward to is the amount of lessons that Dom has learned in his time too. So yes. one thing I love about Dom is how honest he is in telling his story because there's been a lot of mistakes a lot of things have gone well from him too, but he's very open about sharing mm. about the things that didn't go quite so well. And you hear him say, oh, you know, that was a waste of time. I shouldn't have done this, shouldn't yeah. have done that. So if you want a really good few takeaways on what to do and some things to look out for as well, Dom is very open in, in sharing all the ins and outs. So uh, you will learn very quickly what is worth your time and what is not worth your time after listening to Dom because Dom, Dom has gone and done the uh, the hard yards for everyone. Absolutely. Um, another thing I love was that he, he bought my quarter zip shirt <laughs> with him as well. So the delivery time was slashed dramatically. Special delivery. Um, and I will also add, he was in the GWS site as well. Yes. We forgot to mention at the start. So he's uh, he's got some different perspectives on the industry. You know, he's been up in Sydney. He's obviously been in Melbourne. And uh, all culminating in, in Clutch & Co. So, mm. very interesting episode. So, grab a pen. Enjoy this chat with Dom Tyson. Dom, great to have you on the show, mate. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, been a little while coming, but um, obviously under your nose here at the Commons <laughs> and um, good to, to jump on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we wanted to dive into all things Clutch & Co and hear how you've built this e-commerce golf brand. But to start things off, tell us a bit about golf. You know, I assume running an e-commerce golf brand, you'd be a handy golfer yourself. Uh, too bad. I'm getting a little <laughs> bit better. Um, you know, we take a few luxuries here and there on a traditional work week where we sneak out on the course and, and have a round. But um, obviously, it's content. You've got to get out on the course to create <laughs> content for social media. So it's still kind of work. But no, I do love playing. I'm, a, I'm addicted. Um, in short, and it's a passion. So, and I'm competitive by, by nature, so I always want to get better. And I've got two brothers whose handicaps sort of hover around where I am. So obviously that's the big discussion always at family dinners. Who, you nice. know, how'd you go? And yeah, even my mum's getting into it now. And yeah, it's a great. I, the reason I do love it so much is the social side because yeah. you get to catch up with mates for four hours, and um, you know you can be still in a city but feel like you're not surrounded by 
you know, nature, green. And, yeah, um, yeah I, I love it for a lot of reasons. Having the brothers would be a pretty motivating factor to want to get out there and improve every day. Yeah, well, I guess, um, they're, yeah, I mean, they're probably used to me having a bit more of the sporting glory in the family, um, <laughs> but it's anyone on their day. So uh, my older brother probably plays the most. Um, he really loves it, but he's he needs to be in form. He's, he sort of gets in his own head a bit. And then my younger brother talks the whole time on the course. <laughs> he's like the most social guy, um, does not shut up. So you've got to be in a mood. If you're trying to just chill out and de- you know, yeah. unwind a bit, don't play with him. But if you <laughs> want to get up and about and, um, yeah, really get loud on the course and just chat, you end up with a sore, you know, yeah. vocal cords after the day <laughs> with him. But he, he loves it. He, he'll, he can get, get going as well. Yeah, nice. What's your handicap? I'm at about 14 at the moment. So um, I always – yeah, I've – I had a shoulder Rico in my last few years of footy. So I didn't play for about 18 yeah. months there. And then I had a few other lower body injuries. So I wasn't really playing for about two and a half years. And then I've probably been once a fortnight since uh, I wrapped up full-time football. Nice. Well, Ryan's just started a uh, glorious TikTok account yeah. where the only content he posts is uh, him on the golf course, and it's it's horrendous. I don't know what he's, I don't know if you've got a handicap yet, but um, no, well, I'm I'm hitting about 15 over on a, on nine holes at the moment. Okay, so, no. <laughs> so you're not even getting the full 18. No. But no. well, we I mean, graduated yet. You're going to be in your new Clutch and Co, mate. So exactly. Obviously, you've jumped on board and, and ordered. So I'm modelling the uh, the Blue Mile quarter zip yeah. that, that you've ordered, mate, and it's packaged up, ready for you to get I on the course. That. I saw you online, obviously, and it just yeah. looked ast- it looked amazing. So that, that'll, that'll suit me just fine. Yeah. Well, yes, hopefully uh, as we grow, I won't have to do all the modelling and the imagery. I can <laughs> hand that over. But um, it's good. We've got a good little team on those photo shoots. Like it's one of my best schoolmates is the photographer, my brother jumps in, uh, his best mate, who's also one of my good mates, is like our lead model um, mm. and he's you know, he's a footballer as well. He just does it as a favour to me. I don't pay him, I probably need to because I'm <laughs> utilising his time a lot more now but um, he's great and we just have a good – like we sort of forget we're on, on shoot because it doesn't come naturally to mm. any of us but um, <laughs> yeah, they, the shots sort of come out pretty well for, for yeah. any con mm. presentation side of things and they're good enough to – Throw on a website. Yeah. Well, when you're in an early stage of a business, you've got to call on those sort of favours to get yeah. it going before you can start to do some of the heavier stuff. Yeah, you're right. Because like even those guys, um, we had a big launch night on Monday and they're the first guys I messaged and said, look, I don't know how it's going to go, but we're, we've got this big pr- sort of um, marketing campaign coming together on Monday night. I'm going to order some uh, Mexican and we're going to have a few beers and hopefully watch the orders come in if you guys want to come in. And obviously, like, mate, would love to. So... Yeah, I sort of feel like I just want to bring them on board. I'm, um, part of the journey is essentially mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say there. And obviously this probably hasn't been like – I pay my photographer and my mate. but um, <laughs> And, yeah, the, the other guys, obviously my brother sort of – he just he just loves it. He just wants to get involved as much as he can. It kind of sounds like Brownlow night. Coming over, we'll have some food <laughs> yeah. and some drinks and we'll watch the orders come in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was, yeah. Um, I was probably more invested in the orders than I ever was on a Brownlow night. Yeah. But, um, no, it went well. We sort of um, – I guess we're just chatting off air before, but we we utilised my football connections and sent out some promo packs and um, part of it was to get them all posting on Instagram at the same time on the same night. So we'll sort of just saturate the your Instagram feeds and, and just create noise essentially. Um, and they, they all went the extra mile and, you know, were tagging the including the website link direct off their Insta stories and they did all the little things for us and their, their script and copy was exactly how we asked them and, um, yeah, we had really good traffic and because and the stuff I think is still relatively well-priced. I think it is well-priced and it's good in my opinion. Um, mm. So it solved. There was conversions. Ryan was very happy with the $50 for the quarters there. Yeah. I, no, I, I genuinely I, – because I saw the, the social stuff and I was like, oh, 
shit, this is perfect. Because I am obviously wear what I'm wearing now on the golf course right now. I'm like, I need to level up if I'm going <laughs> to yeah. improve in any sort of way. So you're right, the, the social stuff was awesome. Yeah. So it's good it, to call on those guys. It was because part of the strategy there was um, we're pretty – our footprint's strong in Victoria, Melbourne especially, um, and we – you know, we need to grow our sales in other states of Australia. So I guess the best way to do that is we've we've gone to the guys up at Brisbane Lions, Port yep. Adelaide, Adelaide, Frio, West Coast, where we don't have a big presence, and yeah, tapped into to their um, following on Instagram. And obviously, everyone's so invested in footy, and it's a passion for the supporters. Yep. So you hope that there's a bit of crossover. Mm. We might circle back to how it's all started to grow, but take us back to the early stages of it. How did it come together? Oh, yeah, just just a hobby business when I was still playing footy and at uni. So I was um, doing a commerce degree at Deakin. And, um, yeah, I guess to wind it right back, I guess once you start playing a bit of regular senior footy and you sort of work out your routine, um, you still you, you actually need that uh, escape just because it becomes a bit of a grind at times as well. So I was always loved going to uni Um and then I sort of felt on top of that, like I'm sort of like an organised person by nature. So I, I, I was keen to take on the next um, challenge in a way. So, yeah, gave it a crack. But um, I didn't – I probably definitely – I did underestimate the time resource required to give it the proper opportunity to grow. So it sort of sat idle um, until 2020 when we had the um, that March nationalwide lockdown and we saw a bit of a spike from the e-commerce transition from bricks and mortar because yeah. people were, only could shop online when everything was closed down. So then from there, I thought there's a little bit of momentum gathering. I was finishing up uni. I had a couple of subjects left, so I had more time to pour into it. And then it was perfect timing really with um, my football AFL career coming to an end last year. It was at that just enough um, momentum and sales yeah. response where I could justify going full-time. Like I thought, you know, I'm going to give this a crack. I love it. Sort of felt like... Um, my little baby that's growing so um, I, I yeah wanted to give it a crack and since oct- September October last year I'm full-time fantastic yeah. what, what year did you have the idea um, it was 2017 so uh, there was a few other mates that had a crack at e-commerce and um, my friend my best mate from school uh, Nick Pierce he runs he'd be a good guy good one to get on at some mm. stage he runs homie which is oh, yeah. uh, not for profit um, charity but streetwear brand is how they generate some of their revenue so he, he was strong in, in that side of things and his partner, um, she runs a very successful gumboot business online. So she sort of acts as a strong mentor for me. And then even, you know, guys like Jack Watts had had a crack at squash. Um, yeah. yeah, so I sort of thought, I'll oh, give it a crack. It's something I'm interested in learning. I was sort of studying, as I said, commerce. So there was a little bit of a business interest growing and then golf as a passion and then a bit of a family connection with my dad. He's got... A history in distribution manufacturing for some other brands and um yeah, he's in a bit of safety utility footwear and apparel right now so it was a little bit of a connection with some manufacturers overseas which shortcutted a lot of the teething issues that i imagine when people have an idea to executing the idea yeah. there's a lot of roadblocks so i sort of had a little bit of um assistance there to prevent those roadblocks sort of killing the momentum mm. Well, do you think when you first had the idea, you you thought this is what I'm going to do after footy? Like, did you think it was going to be a long term thing, or was it more just like I need a bit of a hobby? Let's see what happens. Definitely hobby. Like, I yeah. had no idea I could um, give it a crack full time after footy. And then even when I started it, I still probably thought I had a lot longer left in footy than what it ended up being. Yeah. So, um, I actually did an accounting major at part of my uni, so I probably was looking a bit more at the finan- financial service side of things. Um, and my strength's a little bit in those numbers. So I was sort of thinking that could 
um, be something I, I go down. And then even um, player management in the AFL yeah. space was always a little bit of an interest. And then, funnily enough, Steve Smith's uh, player agent was an accountant before he went into player management. So, well, accounting is um, a ba- great background for it. It definitely is because Paul Connors, who he he wasn't my manager, but his strength was he came from an accounting background. So a lot of the guys. Um, on the contracts could utilise, you know, yeah. you're obviously bouncing off your accountant fairly regularly. Mm. It's a lot of like financial management. What well, is inter- well, yeah, internal financial management. Yeah. So, um, yeah, which has crossed over well into where I'm at with Clutch & Co because I yeah. sort of, you know, strong focus on margins and, and mm. numbers that you need to be able to grow and, and do all that. So, um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely overlapped. Mm. Mm. Which is important because I know we, we get caught up in the exciting uh, marketing side of things and sometimes the numbers are... They can catch up with us occasionally. <laughs> so, sometimes I, uh, I wish I paid more attention in yeah. accounting class. <laughs> See, it's funny, like my um, probably personality traits, like I hate the marketing side of things because I, I just don't feel in control. Like there's so many unknowns and mm. you can never really truly m- measure the return on investment. Whereas yeah. with a bit more of the internal financial, like I feel like I can control margins with purchase mm. prices, RRPs. Um, yeah. You know, you can sort of have a little bit more influence on how they how they flow, but obviously learning a lot more of the marketing side of things. And I guess as you learn more, you feel a little less overwhelmed because you've got a better grasp on things. Mm. Mm. So for those who have no idea about how e-commerce works, what are the first sort of steps you have to do to set up a business? Yeah, you've got to uh, trademark, mm. I reckon. So you obviously got to buy your domain, which is how you get the URL for the website. Um, Funnily enough, ours expired the other day. Yeah, you got to- <laughs> We had five, a nightmare. Five, yeah. five years ago, we bought it, <laughs> sportsgrad.com.au. Yeah. Expired, the whole thing shut down. None <laughs> so of our getting, emails were sending. So did you get lucky or did someone else buy it quickly and then now they're offering it back to you at a- No, no, we, we, we bought it back. Good, good. Someone, someone actually commented on like, yeah. we put a LinkedIn post about yeah. it, like pretty funny and someone commented on it like- oh, Shit, I should have bought Missed it. opportunity. <laughs> yeah. This. Um, yeah, too, yeah. I mean, I've got clutchandco.com.au yeah. and I get daily spam emails saying, do you want to buy clutchandco.com? That mm. gets shortcutted straight to clutchandco.com.au. It's a bit confusing, oh. but the numbers they ask for, like they're yeah. oh, 5,000, yeah. 2,500, just mm. no, I don't want to buy it for that. No, um, good. And then even the other thing is uh, <laughs> I've got a mate, well, not I don't know him that well, but um, – he bought a lot of – I didn't buy. He just got the Instagram handles for a lot of strong words that he thought would become brands one day. So mm. This is five years ago. Yeah. I guess you could probably do it on TikTok now as the next uh, thing. But he's sold – he's made a fair bit of money on selling these names. Like they're just words mm. um, and brands have reached out to yeah. him and he's, he's made a bit of turnover on wow. that. Wow. Yeah. There you go. That's crazy. <laughs> so you got the trademark, you got the domain. What else do you need? Yeah, so obviously – Website development, that's important. Um, product, obviously, is huge. Like you've got to have something to sell. So you've got to sourcing, manufacturing, design. Um, yeah, so you've got to do all that. Then imagery um, and then warehousing, fulfillment, um, social media accounts, build your database, email campaigns, things like that. So there's mm. obviously all needs to come together. But early, early doors, you, yeah, getting it online is like a uh, – I was just chatting to Cam Zerha for another North. Well, I'm not North. I'm VFL. He's <laughs> AFL. Um, he just launched. He's, he does cooking. And he's a really good yeah. cook, and he's mm. got some, you know, uh, videos. But he's just done a website to show off his videos. But he has, he's selling tote bags. So mm. I was just chatting to him a bit there. He's like, you know, putting him online. When's the best night to launch for e-commerce? And what can I do? And I was just having a look. So it's um, yeah. There's plenty to do. It's yeah. So yeah. You know when you like. I feel like apparel and, you know, a lot of people always say, like, oh, 
I can make t-shirts and sell them. But it's like, it's not that easy, right? Yeah. And for you, it does be a lot more complex. But like actually getting an idea and then putting it into action and actually finding someone who can produce it. Like I'm yeah. sure that would have been like a mammoth process. Yeah, right? I've, I've had help at that sourcing level. Um, yeah. But I mean, a lot of people, you can buy blanks from say AS cover. Yeah. And then if you build a strong mm. following community or your big profile, you can always just slap a logo on that blank and yeah. sell it. Um, so that's the shortcut version. Um, but we've gone in at the design level with sourcing. Majority comes from China. So we've used a few different manufacturers over there, maybe seven or eight. Um, and we tend to follow the fabric. So what we like is the fabric and then they've got to have the capacity to do certain colours or we get the swatch colours and then um, minimums. Obviously, there's MOQ, so minimum order quantities. Um you've got to be able to meet. And when it's early days, there's obviously a lot of risk if you're backing yourself in to move the minimums. Um, and then recently we actually had an inward contact come from Peru. So he, he reached out and said, look, we've serviced some of the other golf brands. These are the golf brands. Have a look. We can do some stuff. That, you know, this is our history of what we've done before. You can sort of chop and change a bit from there. So that was a handy one because there was a bit of history. Mm. Um and there were smaller MOQs there, so that <laughs> takes the risk out of it a little bit. Peru, you could do uh, golf ponchos or something. Yeah, yeah, well, it's actually the home of uh, Peruvian Pima cotton, so that's the cell there, like um, this really lightweight, soft cotton. Um, mm. Yeah, so his, his how, name's Paul. How did Paul. you research that? Like, Well, his name's Paul, um, so he's just great on the emails. And then, as I said, there's some help I have at the design level. Yeah. Like they're, they're gurus. Like it's not... I'm not fully. That's not my skill set. You're not a Peruvian cotton <laughs> no, expert, but she'll. Um, yeah, she's just got an eye for detail, and she'll be able to liaise with him back and forth for the technical side of the design. And yeah. you know, I remember one day she, we got some samples, and um, it's for a polo, and the buttons of the polo, um, one of them was 1.3 centimeters spacing, and the other one was 1.1, <laughs> and she eyed that off and she said, "No, well, it's this yeah. deep. You know, this, mm. we've got to get that corrected. It's not spaced correctly." And I'm sort of going, oh, "I would never have seen that." Yeah, but, um, just glance at the buttons. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then you probably have them down, show the chest yeah. off. A bit, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's stuff like that that she'll spot. That um, yeah, I, that would have I would have skipped. And you know, we haven't got it all right. Like we've learnt on the on the run a little bit. Like there's yeah. some quality control that comes into it at times as well. Yeah, nice. So when when you're testing a new fabric or a new product. Um, how much time does that take? And also, what, what's the cost involved before you can actually put a new product to market? Yeah, there's a fair bit. Um, the testing, there's like a, I've forgotten off the top of my head, like there's a standard that you've got to um, pass. It's yeah. like an Australian standard for, for apparel. Um, so that all happens at like the sourcing design level. It takes a little bit of time, but there's production samples, um, sizing samples, then like the pre-bulk order procurement sample so there's probably three or four that you see before you hit mm. go and then the turnaround like the lead times at the moment just with freight blowing out we're probably like if we hit go we might be five to six months before it arrives in australia so there's before people, the bulk order yeah, arrives. yeah right so yeah. we've sort of got a sample that we're getting excited about mm. um and we, yeah we can't obviously sell until we haven't done any pre-order stuff just because there's still a little bit of risk involved i reckon going pre-order if yeah. it doesn't arrive and it gets blown out and yeah. you've told your customers at one date and then, yeah, we probably, you know, we want to grow that strong long-term relationship with our customers. So I think we nearly could go pre-order, but not yeah. quite yet. Mm. What um, It's probably a bit of a round question, just thought about it. <laughs> um, what's the argument for like drop shipping compared to what you do? Don't know. Like, I've never, I've never entertained drop shipping. So, yeah, um, yeah I guess there's uh, – 
we use like a third-party warehousing, so it's connected to where my dad saws some of his stock for his footwear. Um, so I'm lucky in that regard that there's a, once again a bit yeah. of a shortcut there. So I haven't it hasn't really been a problem-solving issue that I've looked into at this at this point. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to answer that too yeah. mm. too much detail. No, yeah. I reckon you just say like, oh, create a dropshipping company. Yeah. It's I, like, I felt like that yeah. was pretty hot a little while ago. Yeah. It's, it's fizzled a bit, but yeah. um, it definitely there's definitely been some people that made a bit of money on that. Yeah. <laughs> And, and how does it work on the manufacturer side? Like, do they charge you for all the samples knowing that you're going to put in them or, or do they give it to you for free knowing that this big bulk order is coming? How does that work? Well, it just depends on how many samples you ask for. But um, <laughs> now, generally, like, they'll, you know, if there's an expectation that if you've done dealt with them the before, um, like for the guy for Peru, I think we paid 50% terms up front before we um, got the bulk order, but mm. the samples were free. Um don't know all the ones with China. There's obviously a bill that comes at the end, but I um, <laughs> don't individualise it down to the samples. Obviously, it comes at accounting time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, we've got our landing costs, like FOB, and then landing costs. But um, I'll double check on the samples. I'll double check. Sometimes they're free, but if you, mm. yeah, yeah, if it's a new manufacturer, sometimes you got to pay for them. Yeah, nice, interesting. That whole the whole space is completely foreign to me, so I've got no idea how it mm. works. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were talking a little bit before around market research and we're obviously doing a little bit right now, which is super exciting, but what have you sort of learned about the golf consumer? Like, have you done any of that research before or how did that go? Yeah, we haven't done a heap. Um, I've got like uh, subscriptions to some of the leading golf magazines and they run some surveys on like where you buy your stuff, yeah. how, how much do you spend, at, you know, on average per year on um, apparel, equipment, things like that. So I sort of look into those a little bit. Um yeah, we, we get a little bit of analytical information on who we think we're selling to, but it's still a little bit of guesswork. Mm-hmm. Like we, we tend to target the younger generation because I think they've got more trust in e-commerce than maybe the plus 55-year-old who still maybe you know gets a bit overwhelmed with the navigation of a website, checkout process, trusting card. And, get you know, into the shop. You know, if they've been scammed <laughs> once, I don't think they probably don't come back. Yeah. Forever yeah. <laughs> Not scammed on our website, I mean on another website. Yeah, um, yeah so... And then uh, what else do we do? So, yeah, I, th- I feel like we saw, oh, we're tapered fits in some of our designs. Like a part of our um, integration and strategy was to go with like um, not that baggy, stripy golf clothing stuff. We wanted more, yeah. you know, athletic fits and, um, yeah, versatility in the design where like it wasn't just specific to golf. Like you could nearly go for a run as an active wear or yeah. you could sneak mm. down and get a coffee, walk the dog, stuff like there was more crossover into day-to-day stuff. Mm. So that's hopefully where we've engaged a bit of our audience. That sounds like a much more of a Melbourne-centric focus as opposed to like the American country club where you get just like old white dudes hanging around in those type of clothes you mentioned. Yeah, like, um, yeah, they're probably, yeah, in like the big Under Armour T-shirts. Mm, yeah. They've got a strong f- foothold over there. But, um, yeah, we, we sort of, we're sort of subtle in our designs. Like even our branding on a lot of items, um, it's not in your face, like strong mm. pop or contrast. We do a lot of tonal stuff, which is because we've got a golf logo as part of our branding. So if, yeah. if we've got a big golf logo on the breast that's um, got pop, then it's clearly a golf item. Like, it's, yeah. mm. But if we just keep it subtle for some of these quarter zips, for example, like I, I run around these if, you know, warm up for footy training or run around the yeah. tan, mm. throw one of these on in the morning. So it's, yeah, there's still some versatility in it. It looks super like – nicely fitted like i know i remember i've been watching my old man go to golf since i was you know a toddler and he, he just wear like your classic like 55 year old bloke baggy pants like big shirt 
that like looks like something that you'd want to play in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, the one I reckon uh, the old blokes love is the big, the big short, like the short that just yeah. overhangs the knee, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's nearly mid shin, and it's just if it's windy, like it's a parachute. So, <laughs> like we did a short where. Um, it's, it's like a little bit risky, but it was like a pre-knee cut, like pretty, you know, athletic and more of a yeah. younger guy, but it's gone well. And, you know, the, the young blokes like to show off that little quad muscle. That, yeah. I think it's called the VMO that sort of just <laughs> pops over the knee. So they like to show that one off. But, um, yeah, so there's a little – I mean, obviously, if they want a longer one, they just buy the biggest size. Yeah. So there's, there's – yeah. And then we put a lot of stretch fabrics, like elastane fabric through the design. So it's sort of tapered by nature, but then it can – move with your body so it's, yeah. yeah it doesn't hug or feel too tight yeah awesome um i'm wondering after you left footing you started diving into e-commerce whether you thought about um what your days and weeks might look like in terms of you know what, what lifestyle do you want after footy and how does e-commerce help me achieve that yeah. is that something that came to consideration when you're trying to choose what to do next sort of like how would i map out my week sort of thing yeah like yeah. like do i want to be spending all day nine to five in an office or do, do i want to be in a warehouse or overseas or doing something different how did lifestyle kind of come into consideration when choosing the next path for you yeah it's interesting um i remember that the day i was actually sort of had my final meeting with north where they sort of inform you if you've got a contract or not um and obviously i was i was no and I, I knew that like i was sort of had some foresight there but i actually had a job interview that afternoon um with an accounting firm so i took it um, oh, wow. yeah and you know just an hour on half an hour on zoom whatever it was and um you know a little bit of follow-up where they're like you know we'd love to offer you a three-day-a-week um internship or whatever it is whatever they call it apprenticeship internship um could you let us know and i sort of sat on it and i thought oh we just launched these new products for Clutch & Co in that October, it was September, October, and it had a good response. So I just I always fell back on, I just want to give this more time and mm. um, see where I could take it full yeah. time because I never felt like, I, you know, I could only really give it. I worked hard in that last year. I was still playing footy where I was sort of up really early and, you know, did stuff at night just to keep it moving. But um, mm. obviously there's still time constraints there with being a full-time footballer. So, yeah. There was still that offer, so I did have something to consider, I guess, as an alternative. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm glad. I'm really, really glad I gave it the, the time. And, like, looking back, I was actually thinking about it the other day. Like, we've had a big week um, where I've sort of had to put a lot of hats on and I've just been doing a lot of stuff at the warehouse this week to get the orders out. But, um, yeah, life would have been a lot different if I probably pursued the three days a week yeah. with the accounting firm. Mm. And what about um, if you could forecast a 12, 24 months ahead of time from now, what does the ideal week look like for you? No idea. I'm just <laughs> I'm just hustling day to day at the moment. Like just follow leads, um, just keep online growing, um, design. I'm actually really enjoying the design process now. Like bringing out new items is a good little buzz. Um, don't know what about footy. I still play VFL, so um, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next year. I've sort of got a little bit of an offer to stick around, and they're telling me, oh, we need to know soon. So mm, I mean, yeah. that's. Yeah, not sure is the answer. I just, I just really want to see this keep growing. Like I don't actually um, pay myself a wage or anything, so mm. I'd love it to grow to um, where the point you, you still got cash flow, but you can also take a little bit of a salary out of it for yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you enjoy the the hustle? Like, do you love enjoy it? Yeah. The, you know, all day every day. Hustle? Yeah, I love it. Like I'm not a gun seller seller. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy the like the back end. I'm a bit of a perfectionist by nature, so like I love the getting everything presenting well on website and following i love customer service like it's obviously hard to do but i yeah. love the reward of good customer service like if we get re product reviews that come through on the website and 
I'm still handling every customer service email that comes in, like yeah. sizing issues, returns, um, you know, any all those little inward stuff. So I'm still handling all that. So I love still having that personal touch with everyone that I communicate with on the emails. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I feel like that's hustle too. Like that's yeah. just keeping it rolling. Mm. Is there any particular role that you'd like to outsource next? Yeah, marketing. (laughs) We outsource our digital marketing to a a mob. Um, You pay a monthly fee and they sort of handle like your um, Facebook ads and your social display ads, things like that. Um, Yeah, I just haven't been able to land the right marketing mix. We've we've done outdoor billboard. We've we've still got that. We've we've done print ads in those golf magazines. That was a waste of time. Um, like pulled a number on me for pricing there, I reckon too. So <laughs> yeah. I'm scarred from that. And yeah. um, digital, we've done two or three different agencies, um, and they just like the onboarding. I won't. I don't, I don't have to name or anything, but the onboarding process is good. Like you feel like they're all in. They they see yeah. the strategy and they they're with you. Um, and I've tended to go on the small agencies, but they're obviously looking to build their business at the same time, and they're already servicing other customers. And if your fee monthly um, budget doesn't really match other businesses are already working with you sort of get lost in the yeah. the mess there mm. so we've actually gone with a bigger mob who like um news corp and like they sort of control a lot of the ad space so you sort of um they've got a lot of resources so i've sort of given them a go thinking i'll try the really big one even though i'm not mm. spending anywhere near as much as a lot of their other clients and um just see if the you know you feel like they're with you on the on the journey a bit more mm. yeah the um the billboard, and for those listening in uh, in Melbourne, would be very familiar with Swan Street. But <laughs> yeah. I remember I first saw that, and I was like, "That's Dom Tyson! Like, what's, what's <laughs> that? how did he get that?" We need, we need to reskin that because I think I'm in two of it out of the four photos on that billboard. <laughs> we um, need to get the blue mail. Yeah, we need to get the new stuff on. And my mate um, Adam Tomlinson's on that, and um, I don't think I even asked him. I just stuck him up on there. <laughs> <laughs> I think his um, girlfriend, his fiance now, who actually works at Half Dome, which is right next door, yeah. so she sees him every day, and she's like, "Can you please reskin that?" Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it's 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 actually reasonably well priced. Like I, I was sort of surprised at how. I thought they'd cost an arm and a leg, but they're not too bad. And um, yeah, we might get another one. So yeah. maybe, diff- maybe somewhere in Albert Park near that driving range. I like. For, oh yeah, awesome. yeah, for, yeah, just around there. Stay yeah. in Melbourne for now. Yeah, that's where a lot of Ryan's TikTok content comes out of Albert Park <laughs> range. Yeah, yeah, bottom level. And uh, I think and it's West, just, Westgate um, Golf Club as well. I think it's actually having a renovation. Yeah, it is. So. You, you're climbing up a bit of scaffolding. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe mm. we need to look into a billboard. Maybe. <laughs> well, I can, I can introduce you if you need to. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, yeah, yeah. Just, just not the golf magazine guy. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, he, he sold me um, the dream where there was like a marketplace that they were attaching to the digital side of the mags. There's obviously mm, like yeah. print, but they still send the digital version out to the subscribers. Then he mm. said, we'll have click-throughs and um, backlinks to your ads that go to like their platform. And they'll take a commission off that. And he's like, yeah. oh, we've got X, Y, and Z subscribers. If we do a 3 to 5% conversion rate off the amount of subscribers, oh, promising, mate. But he looped in like, um, yeah, I had to pay like on top of the print ad like a monthly to have, what do you call it, like a monthly subscription to have your mm. products listed on that oh. platform. Because I had all of them, not just yeah. the one that the ad was. And the subscription, we, I think we had four sales on that. And the subscription, <laughs> I think, you know, you've quoted big numbers. And I was like, mate, <laughs> Come on. What's the, get me out of this. What did I sign the contract for? And I looked and it was six months. And oh. 
we're paying you know a couple of thousand inclusive of the ad per month just to have it listed, and we had four total sales. So that oh was oh my god, that was one of those ones where I gave him a big serve on the way. Out. Like I'm a pretty <laughs> nice guy, and <laughs> but I did give him a bit of a wrote up this big email. And then I remember I called him because I was like, mate, what a dis- disappointment! Just you know, disaster. You, I feel like you've um completely uh, under-delivered all this sort of stuff. Like, yeah. you know, mm. And he's, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, it's still growing. We'd love your support. Keep it, stay on board. <laughs> of course. So I'll never do one with that mob no. again. Yeah. Any other hard learnings? Yeah, yeah. One, we had, um, yeah, what else have we had? Um, it's more just the time. Like at the start, um, we didn't have anyone doing customer service. So we're getting emails to the info at clutchandco.com email, which is our sort of base email one. And, that's where all the um, order confirmations come through and all that. And we just didn't see some of the early emails where guys like, I want to do a return or can I help out? Just all this stuff, we just, they're still probably unread deep in there somewhere as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one where we just forgot to do that or just no one, because I initially had my brother helping me and I think I thought he was doing it. He thought I was doing it, so it just didn't get done. A um, couple of the designs we probably – you know, you just learn on the go a bit there. Like I was like, oh, wasn't wrapped with that one, but we, you know, we still took it to market. Um, we've done a few, little bit of wholesale stuff. We sort of, like we've got one big customer that's really good for us, but then a lot of other, I was just telling you guys off air, like just a meeting before that you come in really promising and yeah, nothing materialises. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of like, you got to chase a dead end a fair few times as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we, we've certainly felt the the ups and downs of yeah. starting a business as well. You're just you're learning every single day. Yeah. Sometimes you just walk out of one. You're like, I'm not really sure why we caught up. Yeah, like, <laughs> even sometimes it's like, always spe- good, like good hearted, yeah, whatever. But you sometimes just like that was just a waste. Yeah, yeah it's mm. you never want to say waste, do you? Yeah. But um, you just don't see how it's going to uh, materialize. Mm, and then yeah. there's even some like I remember I've done some meetings with like digital marketers. I've got no idea what they're talking about sometimes. <laughs> like, like all the staff and I was like, oh, mate, just like, can you just like put that in writing so I can assess it and just yeah. make sure I've absorbed it because mm. like, you've spun 15 things at me really yeah. quickly on a Zoom call. Um, yeah. So, yeah, wouldn't mind just saying that in an email if you can, <laughs> <Yeah>. mate. <laughs> is, is, is the digital marketing side an area that you've had to learn the most in? Yeah, because it's a changing landscape. So what worked maybe five months ago doesn't work so like you know when i first started it was facebook ads facebook ads facebook ads but now yeah. they're getting a little bit stale people probably don't use facebook as like a shopping medium as much and oh, tiktok and all these other things are on board and um google ads so you got to make sure you're on there and yeah so it's almost like um the formula like i don't have the exact formula like um there's some other businesses that just nail it and you know they get great return on ad spend and they just keep increasing their budget because they, they know yeah. what they're getting back almost certainly so mm. i'm yeah just never been able to find the right mix mm. and the accountant inside you would must be like going crazy like there there must be a formula how do i find it yeah well the, <laughs> the new mob like their big sale to me was like you get um you know a dashboard at the end of the month that literally has like ad spend and conversion numbers and mm. return on that ad spend because they link into your integrate into your website a little bit so i was like, oh this is fantastic like i'll know if i spend three grand in digital ads like i'll get at least you know you want to get a 2.5 to three ratio return on ad spend there but we're six weeks in um i haven't actually seen that dashboard yet. <laughs> <laughs> must come in once a quarter so i'll follow yeah. that up but we've got a new set of ads so i changed uh because we obviously launched these new quarter zips we've been traditionally our best sellers so i sort of stuffed them up because um i said oh they've done all the just ads and so we need to flick those ones because they're 
I want to get the cordyceps out there. So, in fairness to them, um, I think at the three-week mark, I told them to kill the, all the ads yeah. so they didn't have much data. <laughs> That's, yeah, just how it played out. Yeah. Um, you mentioned end of your footy career, you sort of shifted into this relatively quickly. Are there any sort of major lessons you learned through footy that have held you in really good stead now that you're in, you're in sort of business? Yeah, there's heaps of footy. Like footy's just a whirlwind and plenty of ups and downs. So, um, yeah, you've got to yeah ride it pretty strongly. Oh, not strongly, but you sort of – you get exposed to a lot of things quickly in footy and it's uh, such a performance-based industry. So you essentially have like a performance review individually like every Monday, which is, you know, how you played. You sit down with your line coach and he's, you know, positive or negative and, mm. you know, there's some honesty in the conversations always and then um, – I reckon the big one though for me was being organised and the time and because um, yeah, like you're obviously uh, training hard, twenty four seven athlete and all that. So how do you bring in other things and manage time management? Is what I'm trying to say. So I was mm. like doing other things. I always like I love going to uni and then bringing on clutch and co. But yeah, honest conversations, footy, work ethic. Um, yeah, I'd probably say those couple of things. Mm. How do you manage your time? Strong diary operator. <laughs> yeah, handwritten too. So, handwritten? Yeah, and I'm, I worked nice. uh, Tommy Sheridan, who's a very good mate of mine. We're in at the Commons together, and he's the opposite of a diary. Like He's yeah. just wheeling and dealing and just free-flowing <laughs> and jumps, you know, oh, yeah, I'll do that. So I actually sent him those, you know, the Google Meet stuff just yeah. to make sure we put him in his laptop if we've got stuff on together. But, um, yeah, it's funny because he sort of goes, oh, mate, geez, that diary looks – I need to get one of those. I need to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> he never does, though. So, yeah, I'm pretty good with that stuff. Um yeah, obviously every now and then something slips through your, the cracks, but yeah, generally uh, like um, fulfilling obligations I've committed to. Mm. Mm. And is this like night before you pull your diary out or morning of, this is what's um, going today? How do you manage all just that? Just constant, yeah, just keep mm. going. I plan out my d- day, probably yeah, a little bit night before or just like what needs to get done as a priority, um, tick it off and then never think about it again if you don't have to. Yep, nice. Yeah. And what about the, um, in, as far as uh, honest conversations in football go, is that something that just kind of gets delivered to you and you kind of learn, wow, this is how people speak? Or do they say, hey, this is what you can expect and if you want to give some feedback as well, this is the right way to go about it? Yeah, um, it's a good, good question. I've got one little story on that because I remember I, I did a week work experience um, actually, actually with Piercy, my mate I mentioned before from Homie. Um, he, he's a CEO there and I said, oh, can I tell you around for, it might have been two weeks and I actually got a uni subject accredited for it so it was definitely worthwhile as an extra i enjoyed it nonetheless and yeah. learned plenty but obviously getting the uni subject was helpful <laughs> um i remember like he had to just handle a bit of an internal hr issue like nothing major at all um and i remember i tailed for that one he let me sit, sit in on that and i just remember the conversation probably went for 40 40 minutes i remember just thinking geez like if that was in the footy environment that would have been handled in 40 seconds i could just been in way more um yeah yeah direct was probably the word um and I sort of said to him afterwards, I was like, geez, mate, like, a bit of back and forth there. He goes, no, that's just how you got to do it. So I remember that was like a little bit of a wake-up call for me, just being like, oh, no, you, you know, you just got to, yeah, just maybe back it off a little bit. Not that I'm always the most direct or confrontational, but it's just more definitely an eye-opening uh, moment for me. Mm. Yeah, I imagine it'd be pretty direct on the in, in footy meetings. <laughs> well, it's this funny thing in footy. There's vision as well. Oh, well, they, there's this biggest um, – out is you know game day when the you know it's hot and um 
emotions are running high. You can just say whatever you want. Yeah. And the, always the fallback is, yeah, just follow up during the week though. Make sure you're on the same page during the week. <laughs> no one will follow. Like if someone gives you an absolute bath, like, you know, you didn't first give to them and then you got tackled holding the ball and they got burnt and yeah. they're just roaring at you. I don't know if you can swear on this or why, <laughs> but um, they're just roaring at you direct. Like you should have given that selfish, all this. Yeah. Just, what are you doing? I mean, you don't need to follow that up. You're you, not you, know, you know that you should have given it. Um, yeah. You got tackled. You, you know, it's not. You don't have to sit down during the week and go, "Look, mate, just with that one, I know." You know, you just nod and go, "Yeah, mate, gotcha, gotcha." I'll give you the next one. Yeah. Hey, um, mate, just just that handball in the twentieth minute of the yeah. Game, like, you don't, don't need to just chat about it. Yeah. No. So that's probably the one. Or I remember like remember one day in my early games, um, Chad Corns, who's a bit of a ruthless, like intimidating guy. Um, he got a free kick, and I, I took his advantage. Like, you know, like the umpire play on. I shouldn't have. Like I was running into a bit of traffic, and yeah. I, I think I just did like a bit of a bailout kick. Like just grubbed, not grubbed it, but just threw it high and went forty meters down the line. <laughs> and I, he just sprayed me for taking his advantage. I still remember that one. It was like against Geelong. I was like, oh, I didn't hear the whistle, mate. I didn't hear the yeah. whistle. Like, <laughs> I heard the whistle, and he was just yeah, gave me a good bath that time. Love that. So, so now that you're not like surrounded by coaches, and you're kind of accountable to yourself, how do you go reviewing your own week or what you do? I don't really do much of that. I just move forward. Like I'd keep mm. keep the foot on the pedal. Um, yeah, it would be the short answer to that. Like I don't, I'm not a big reflector at all. Like I've sort of, like yeah, you know, a lot of I've done a few bit of a podcast tour after footy, and that's the only time I really reflect on footy. Like I'm still playing. I love the mm. the game day aspect and playing in the VFL. It's been a good change of speed for me. But um, yeah, I just keep moving forward. Mm. Don't overthink it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I overthink of like social situations, but um, like a little bit of an overthinker there. But anything like business or footy related, like I'm more than happy to just keep it moving. Yeah. I'm a bit more like uh, task orientated, I'd say as well. So mm. if I if I complete a task and feel satisfied, I completed it. Keep moving. Keep going. Nice. Yeah. Um. What about the the structure of your life for those years you're in footy, and now that you're out of it, have you? Do you maintain a structure where, like, you know, for those hours I'm going to be doing meetings or for these hours yeah. I'm going to be doing this bit of work? Like, has it remained very structured or have you just kind of thrown the, the book out and it's just you now? A bit of both. Like, I remember sitting in, like, my last couple of years of footy, like, I was a bit injured, I wasn't playing much um, and the club was sort of going through a bit of a rebuild with the young list where I finished and um, a lot of the meetings, I just remember sitting there going, like, I've done this before, like, this is a waste of my time right now. Mm. Like, obviously, still had a contractual obligation to be there and I was still trying very hard physically to get right. But I remember just going, oh, what we're going over right now, like, it's just so repetitive for me. So, like, uh, I remember thinking, like, I would really love to be doing something else in this exact moment, in that split second. Obviously, you mm. bring yourself back and just buy in for that, you know, just because you that's what you got to do. But... Right now, no, it's not too like it's not like Monday. Monday mornings, I generally go to the warehouse, get the orders, help get the orders out over the weekend. Um, Tuesday, uh, like sorry, afternoons, I usually take like meetings. I reckon because I like to do all the internal stuff in the mornings when you're a bit sharper potentially. And then yeah. the the yeah the people side of things, it's generally like you know two p.m. onwards. Yeah, nice. It's probably the only structure though, but I'm not pretty flexible. I guess that's the beauty of. Um, being a kennel to yourself as a mm. yeah like a your business so like I, um tomorrow like I've, i'll admit this like i've had a really big big week and i've even had some late nights like working really hard up to about you know 10 30 and up at six just getting it all sorted with footy training 
I'm burning, yeah, so wow. I'm <laughs> actually taking tomorrow Arvo off, so I'm actually going to go play golf. So that's nice. nice. Got a tea time there, so I'll, I'll take a bit of what do they call it? A bit of self care, all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll do that. So I've actually got a customer service email, bloke. So I, can I, well, any chance I'll get my order before the weekend? And I've sort of half lied to him. And I said, "Oh, mate, we're doing everything we can, <laughs> but you probably yeah. won't get it until early next week." Sorry, mate. He's yeah. like, "I love the honesty," and I, I just, you know, I was turning my guts a little bit, going. Am I doing everything I can if yeah. I'm out playing well, golf? I think you genuinely are. Like, yeah. if you need that break, then you you're right. That's, you absolutely need it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And we've 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 gone above and beyond this week. I think to get like everything out. So we're mm. we're nearly back up to date on um yeah the pending orders versus fulfilled. So mm. we've we've gone the extra mile. Mm. Sorry to this one bloke that's reached out. I'll throw in a free pair of socks and hats <laughs> for you, mate, to, to safely off, offset that. But it's so easy to think that, all right, this one order is just, just one extra task I could be yeah. doing. But if you put that ahead of, like, your own well-being, well, that's a massive thing that's got much larger implications that will affect a lot of other orders yeah. potentially. You're, so You're right. And you kind of got to weigh it up. prioritise yourself and it becomes a long-term habit or you're just grinding, mm. grinding, grinding, you yeah, you probably fall into a, a, a bad habit. Um, mm. And I've replied to him on email pretty quickly and, you know, just <laughs> they, sometimes that's enough, just the reply. Mm. Yeah, no worries, mate. I can't wait to wear it early next week. Love it, mate. Great stuff. So yeah. And you also probably fun. feel much better knowing that if you get through today, you get to tomorrow yeah. and you get to play golf tomorrow. Go, go hard today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was up, yeah, getting it all going today. And, yeah, definitely you, you work towards the little reward at the yeah. end of the week. But I've also like, I've got footy on Saturday. It was um, originally Sunday. So that's why I had this round booked in. So I don't usually like playing golf um, the day before a game of footy because my back gets a bit tired yeah. and <laughs> you're on your feet for, you know, obviously an extra 10 to 12 kilometres walking. So yeah. that's um, yeah, that's the one thing I was like, oh, I could pull out, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, I'm doing it. So hopefully play well. Mm. How is um, playing uh footy gone with uh knowing you've got this business that's always on your mind because i know like like i play country footy very amateur mm. stuff i've actually saw you've taken a f- hanger i saw on your instagram was it yeah thank you for bringing that up and i think, <laughs> I think your caption was shut up about it for about yeah, a month i think it was define a fluke or something yeah. like that <laughs> you've got the uh series of photos where you closed your eyes yeah. <laughs> but you got a bit of air, air time there oh i was sitting on the ruckman's shoulders yeah <laughs> no, it was great i did see that um we'll never know how much mayo is put together, right? <laughs> yeah. well no there's there's, there's evidence visual. There's evidence, and I've never done that. So I've never yeah. tried any other case. Yeah. Anyway, that's not about that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I've noticed playing footy this year, like I, I wanted to keep in touch and play a bit of footy, but I'd be going to games thinking like, oh, what's happening with sports code this week? Like my mind was just other places. Even last cricket season, I was like standing out of the field thinking, I'd love to, you know, really want to get this get this guy out. But all I care about is what's happening next week in sports grad. Yeah, yeah. And I've started to notice that I don't know if I can keep doing this because my priority is just so in sports grad and it's not allowing me to do both either world. Is that something that you experience or? Um, no, so I reckon last year, obviously still being full-time football, mm. you, you go to bed thinking still about football and how I can get better and what I need to do physically mm. and, you know, training track and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So you go to bed with that as a strong awareness and then you'd enjoy Clutch & Co because that was mm. your release. And um, like this year, because obviously just comparing both, like I go to bed stressing about work, thinking about all the jobs and tasks that need to be done. And then I actually really enjoy getting to footy because that's my physical release and mm. you can still have that yeah. little bit of connection with your, your few mates down there, that little bit of banter that's the footy stuff that happens in the change room. So you still get that enjoyment. Um, so that's how I'd still say it, like the actual training Four o'clock, just say you're on a little bit of a roll here at the Commons. 
the last thing I want to do is drive out to training. Like I just feel like, oh, you know, I've got – I still want to complete these things and I'm on a roll. Like I've got to interrupt that, get out to training. Mm. But for whatever reason, once I get to training, like it's almost like a different energy mm. hits you and you're, you're fully in and you just go, I oh, can't wait to get out on the track and then lift a few weights and, you know, it's a bit late. I had to get used to doing the night sessions because I'd always train during the day with mm. football. But, yeah, yeah no, I still, I still like that as a release, um, definitely. Like that's mm. why – yeah, I know that I probably should give it away because I'm getting a little bit older. I've had a lot of injuries, but um, I just can't fully commit to uh, saying goodbye just yet. Like I'm just weighing up if I go around again for another mm. year. Mm. Yeah. Well, you clearly do a much better job of being able to uh, compartmentalise your time and your energy as well, which seems to be working for you, which is great. So yeah. you probably learn a bit from that, to be honest. Maybe, yeah. So <laughs> I still get frustrated with footy because you still, you know, like I've got that perfectionist off. I felt like I was on and I still don't get the ball. I'm like, oh, have a look, mate. Like yeah. I'm so open, but so I still like. There's still that. It's not always enjoyable. Like, you still have your frustrations. <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, some days there is that absolutely can't be bothered training the night. But um, mm. it's still it's semi professional, so it's not. There's not pressure. You just go out and play. It's all mm. stripped back. Um, they know that work and family is way more of a priority than it is when you're AFL listed. So mm. I've actually just really enjoyed like stripping it all back. And it's felt like being back at, you know, under 18s again, where you're, mm. yeah, just playing and you've got other stuff going on. Mm. Yeah, nice. Um, last question before we wrap up. But if you could go back to your younger self at the start of your e commerce journey, mm. what's one bit of advice you would give yourself? Just go harder, go quicker. I reckon because um, it's sad idle because I just didn't prioritise it with other things and, you know, reasons to that. I had to other commitments. But um, probably, yeah, would have said go harder, go quicker, and you might be a little bit more advanced than where you are now. But it's all it all happens for a reason. Like I wasn't probably ready for it um, and I'm happy with where it's at now. So just be, yeah, it, it, I wish I gave it more time at the start just because I was still playing footy and you can probably capitalise on a little bit more of um, – the profile that you've got at that time but no in saying that i still wouldn't wouldn't change to where it's positioned right now how, how old were you when you started it it's 23 yeah what uh, tw- yeah 23 mm. we um we chatted with ian higgins from the the grade cricketer podcast yeah. for those who don't know him they've got a following of about hundred thousand on, on twitter and um he said exactly the same thing like what would you do differently he said i'd start soon i'd go earlier and yeah. i think he was about 25 when he he started that uh, and they're going gangbusters now, but it's it's interesting talking to people who start to build up these businesses and projects that start going well and all they wish is, I wish I'd done it sooner. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, a lot of the, you know, you obviously got to take your time and do things when you're ready and you don't mm. want to rush things. But um, I guess it's a contradictory thing to just go, go hard, go quick because yeah. you learn quicker, I guess, don't you? And if it's just say it fizzled, um, and didn't didn't get any response. I guess you're in and out of it quicker. But then some people might have said you rushed it and didn't give it the time yeah. it needed. So I mean, it's, there's no exact formula. But um, mm. yeah, it was just more. Um, I remember we had stock sitting there in the warehouse for a long time where there wasn't much movement. And I remember just thinking, oh, if I could just dump this somewhere, you know, get it <laughs> off my hands. And I don't know. But then it was just that COVID. Although it was a bad time, for, you know, yeah. for everyone around. It was sort of a good business time for me to, and I had more time because obviously footy. We got we got. Um, five or six weeks where you're just at home before training. So mm. you had, you know, your Monday to Fridays where you could literally get uni done and focus on Clutch & Co. So mm. that was a pretty pivotal moment. Nice, mate. Well, it's been absolutely awesome chatting. Uh, thanks for coming in. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's probably our fault. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, it, it's been awesome just hearing the journey and, and hearing all about Clutch & Co. Um, for those listening, just jump on the website, whether you're a, you know, 
complete and utter amateur like me who's <laughs> hitting, you know, 15 over on nine holes or if you're an absolute superstar, um, visit Clutch and Co. It's bloody awesome. I'm looking forward to wearing that shirt. Awesome. Mate. Thank you. Yeah, I promise uh, if you guys order, I'll get your orders out rather than play golf. And <laughs> 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 no, thanks for having me on, guys. And um, obviously we're in the same building, so we'll see each other around, I'm sure. Alrighty, Rubes. Well, what a great episode with Dom. Uh, it's so cool to hear the behind-the-scenes stories about all that has happened at Clutch & Co and how he's got it running. Uh, but what did you take away from that? Yeah, fantastic listening, Ryan. I love talking with Dom and hearing about his business journey and comparing notes. I think one thing to take away from Dom is to lean on your network and ask for help when you don't know how yeah. to do something. Because I think it's I think it's quite a it's arrogant almost to assume that you know everything when you're starting something for the first time. So those are the one the ones who get ahead are the ones mm. who uh, you know leave their ego aside and think I need help with this. Who can I talk to? And Dom's yeah. doing that in all different pockets and, and learning a lot as, as a result of that. So no matter who you are or what you're doing, make sure you lean on your network and ask for help. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I took away that you know if you have an idea, there's never been a better time to start now. Um, and, and he spoke about how he had this idea way back, you know, whilst he was playing footy. Um, and he just didn't really, you know, he was he's obviously his number one priority was playing footy and, and trying to, you know, have success that way. But I think if he had his time again, he would have put more effort in earlier. So I think just chuck it, chuck your ideas in and, and have a go because, you know, there's never a better time to, to start with those than now. Absolutely. And then finally, one thing I took away from Dom was just to tell your story openly and honestly. Mm. Like Dom didn't have to share half the things that he told us today, but it's really good to hear that. And it creates more talking points. It's just interesting discussion too. So I think if you're out there talking about what you're up to, be honest about it. Share the good parts, share the bad mm. parts as well, because it creates conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any other episode recommendations that people would enjoy in this space? Yeah, well, if you like golf, go back and listen to Daniel Simons in episode 110. He's also a great episode if you want to listen to someone who teaches you how to write your resume. I think the title is literally How to yeah. Master Your Resume. <laughs> so 110 for, for um, Daniel Simons. Uh, but if you want to hear another startup story, listen to the Rostify boys and how they built Rostify and before Rostify mm. event workforce group over a period of 10 years. So that is Bennett Merriman and Shannon Gove in episode 167. Awesome. Well, connect with us on LinkedIn, plus be sure to jump into the SportsGrad community. We would love to chat with you in there. Head to our website at sportsgrad.com.au slash community to join or head to the link in our show notes. Also, if you love the show, we would love for you to rate the show five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts, subscribe on Apple or follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 